everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the premium Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Sitting here with my guy, my friend, okay, fellow Brooklynite, artist, journalist, creative, father. I mean, I, is there any other things that we could call you? I don't know. You said artist first, so I'm already fucking with you right off the bat. I mean, Pete. I could have said journalist, but <laughs> nah, there ain't nah, much nah, money in that, man. First. Yeah, you know. Well, actually, there is. There no, is. no, no, no. We cracked the bank. We'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> my friend Rob Markman's here. Yo, what's up, man? Premium Pete, man. My man Pete, thank you for this, man. I'm glad to be here. Man, listen, it's great to have you. Last time we had you was on the Father's Day episode. Yeah. And uh, it was important for me to have you because, and we'll get into this, but uh, you're a father of two, two mm-hmm. boys, very, very well connected to them and very well understanding. Like, I like like how you bring them to concerts. Yeah. I like how you speak about, like, I, th- I think maybe you spoke about just, like, when getting them into hip-hop. When maybe playing like curse songs, I know you've been involved in some of those conversations. Yeah. Maybe on social, and we spoke about it a lot. Just really like introducing to them and being better than, and this is no disrespect to our fathers, <clears throat> but being better than our fathers were, absolutely, and, and giving them more. And and you know, first things first. That's one of the most things that I mean. There's a lot of things I respect about you, but just the the, the father you are. It's not as as a fellow father. I know it's not easy to follow your dreams. When you have a family. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of things that um, I had to let go. You know, um, most people know me as a journalist first. I always wanted to be an artist. And the thing that kind of made me stop is because I had to choose. I, You know, I had a job at XXL. And, you know, the, the word around town was that, you know, they, they put me on the chopping block because they saw that I had a record on Two Dope Boys. So, this is early on. This is yeah, many this years is, ago. This is early on when I first started as a journalist and I ain't have the chops. And, you know, it was a different time then. You know, a lot of people saw it being a journalist and an artist as a conflict of interest, you know. Um, but for me, it wasn't a conflict of interest because my interest was hip-hop. My love sure, was hip-hop sure. and it all fell in line. You know, I wasn't using one to get to the other. But, you know, that that's how I was and I had to choose so I fell back, and I still did music, but I did it in my basement. I did it. I didn't put it out. It wasn't on Two Dope Boys anymore. It wasn't on that, right? Because, you know, I, I, I had mouths to feed, man. I couldn't give up my, my, my job, the thing that paid the bills, that, you know, put clothes on my kids' back for, you know, for a dream. You know, I remember um, when you went on combat, and rest in peace to our brother. Yeah, man. You know, you spoke about that at that time— when you were working at Double XL and you, and you weren't making much money. Right, no. But it was something you really loved. No. You spoke about that. You had, I remember you saying that you had to refinance your house mm-hmm. uh, just to, you know, just, just while you were there, just just to stay afloat at Double yeah. XL. What, what, what was the passion? Like, what made you not? Because most people could have, like, look, let's be honest, at that time, journalism and working there, it didn't pay a lot of money for you right. at that time, right? No. So you could have, like, you know, your wife or, or her father or somebody or your uh, uncle could have been like, yo, I think you should get into a, uh, you know, become a electrician. Yeah, I think you should yeah. go to Con Edison. I think you should become a god. Like, you know what I mean? What made you, like, stick with it? Because, like, you stuck and you're still here. Think about that. I I, I just believed mm. in, in, in myself. First of all, like, hip-hop is just my passion. You know, I always just wanted to positively 
impact the culture, whether it's through journalism, whether it's through music, whether it's just using whatever connections I have to help somebody with talent get ahead. Like, you know, hip hop gave me everything. It was the thing I identified most with coming up in Brooklyn. Like, it was the thing that I loved the most. So I always wanted to be connected to it. So, you know, b- before I started working for Harris Publications, which owns XXL, I was working in the mailroom. I actually made more money in the mailroom Fuck. than I did at XXL and in the beginning. And, you know, I, I took the job. I left the mailroom because there was no future in that for me. There was no passion. There was no True. love. I I ended up, I was able to buy a house in Staten Island with my wife while working in the mailroom before getting my first full-time job in the music industry. And then when I got to the music industry, we had to refinance. I thought, you know, I might lose the crib or something like that. Um, so it was stressful. And, you know, at the time, look, you know, coming from where I, I didn't really have anybody like, yo, why don't you get into a better industry? Because nobody knew my financial troubles. I didn't go to my father and tell him sure. what was going on. I didn't go to her father. Um, we just kind of dealt with it. But, you know, coming up from where we come up, you got you got people in the street who deal. So I, I definitely stayed up nights debating, like, man, it would just be easier. Sure. To hustle? To hustle and do something else. You know, I wouldn't have these issues. Um, but that's not me. That that was like a moment of weakness and really trying sure. to figure it out. But, you know, I had a conversation with somebody very close to me at that time. Like, well, listen, if this is what you want to do, I could set you up. And you'll you'll be good at it because you just you know what I'm saying like, but it, it wasn't me. I couldn't do it, and I couldn't risk it. Sure, sure one so. it's not in me, and then you know again I got kids, so you know the consequences of that. You know I I, I might have got knocked the first day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Believe it or not, man, it happens, man. I, yeah. I, I've said it, I've seen it, I've I've did it. Yeah. You know it's funny because I feel like some of us will say like, yo, we got to do whatever we can mm-hmm. to provide for our family. But meanwhile, when you're out there hustling like that, mm-hmm. you are risking not being around really for your family, which is a greater risk. Yeah. And and you know that that again, I, I don't think, and I'm not sitting here saying that is, I don't think that's me. Yeah. Like that's not in the cards for me. That's not my DNA. That's not my destiny. It, it was an option, I guess, but that's not me. Um, and you know, it was too too great of a risk. Um, you know, so I, I said, listen. I'd rather stick it out and, and figure this thing out. And even if I lose a house and we go sure, down sure. to a smaller apartment or whatever, whatever, we're going to work this thing out. Like, even if I fall, I'm not going to let my kids fall. Sure. I'm not going to let my fan fall. And, you know, thank God it worked out. I stuck with it. And it worked, yeah. it, it worked out for me in a, in a big way. And we're still here today, Rob. Yeah, man. You know, one thing, it, it, it's funny because people listening, some people may know of you, some people may not. Um, some people may know of you as a journalist, like we spoke, right. and not an artist. So it's do. funny that we're speaking, we're starting off with artist talk. Yeah. But I, I will say this, you're an artist. You've always been an artist, but you re, you, you reveal that you're an artist right. now, right. you know? Um, uh, maybe like what six months ago? Nah. Um, last last summer, so last July. Okay, so we're yeah. on one year. Uh, just going on one year. But the thing is, is that when you got caught years ago, supposedly you know double dipping in double XL, right, right, right. where they felt that you were being an artist and a journalist, right? You shelved your your passion. Yeah. You know, uh, it's funny. Uh, you, you know, write to dream is is, is mm-hmm. LP or is it? Yep. The, the EP. I don't know was the EP anymore. Was the LP? But write to dream was the first project. Yeah. But you think about it. Like your dream, you put your dreams on the side, on hold, right. on the shelf, 
for your family. Right. Just to be a stand-up guy. You know, things that we're supposed to do. Right. But at the same time, that's why I say it's not easy following your dream sometimes when you have a family because you have to make sure that they come first, as rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's so special that you shelved your dreams, what, 12 years ago? Maybe something like that. I lost count. But yeah, it sounds about right. And here we are today. Amongst many other things, not just an artist. You're not just an right, artist. Right. Internet, don't put people in one <laughs> fucking box. Right. I hate when they, Rob's not just somebody who works at Genius. Right. Rob's not somebody who just worked at MTV. He's not just an artist. Like, yo, he's also a father. Right. He also, he knows how to fish. You ever go fishing? Right. I never go fishing. I want to learn, though. I just came back. I was in Wyoming um, with for the Kanye thing. Okay, okay. I see you got the Illuminati. And, uh, yeah, and, definitely and the Illuminati card came through. And it was so beautiful. I said, man, I want to go back and just fish and, 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 and hike and get more in touch with nature. So I don't know how to fish, but I want to learn to fish. Sway, my big brother Sway, is, is excellent at fishing. So, so maybe he'll teach me this summer. Yeah, you know, uh, rest in peace, Sean Price. Uh, he always told me, man, he was like, yo, it's, I, always, I, I always dibbled and dabbled with fishing, but one thing that you know we spoke about was how peaceful it was. Mm-hmm. And I think in life, in anything you do, whether that hip-hop or you're a mm-hmm. fucking car dealer, I think that uh, you know finding peace is mm-hmm. priceless. Yeah, absolutely. You know, know, just taking a moment to even reflect, you know, where we are today. But, you know, we we think about, like, your journey and your career, and it's obviously, it still has so much more, you know, legs to go. Right. Journalist, you're working in the mailroom. You move over to XXL. And like like we said, the money wasn't, you know, extraordinary for you. Um, Even back then... Did you have like inspirations? Like, who was you as a journalist? Like, who who was who inspired you? I, I looked up at, when it came to journalism because I never even thought I was going to be a journalist. I didn't think that it was a career that you could have on the hip hop side. You know, I knew you could be a journalist as a career, but I also knew the New York Times wasn't going to hire. Sure. <laughs> um, so I didn't think hey, you never know, right? Not that maybe now, but yeah, go ahead. And um, but journalist wise, the 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 interviewer, the people that I always looked up to, um, I always looked up to Sway, mm, of course. Um, one of the best in the game. Yeah. Um, one of the best. Actually, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again in front of you. Um, one of the best, you know, journalists, one of the best people in hip-hop. The reason why I say that, I said this before. Yeah. His posture as an interviewer. Yeah. His passion. How much he fucking cares. And you remind me so much of him. Well, I, I learned a lot from him. He took me under his wing years ago, so I, I, I got to really why? watch why do you think I, he did that? I, I don't know. Um, we was I was working at MTV and I hadn't met him yet. And after two weeks of being there, he had, he had told me he had came up to me and gave me the best piece of advice. And him and Dayton Thomas gave me the, probably the best Shout piece of Daytron. career career advice. But Sway has said to me, "Listen, we were just arguing about something or debating something about hip hop." And he said, "Yo, I like you." And he was like, "Yo, you gonna get a shot to be on camera? I can't tell you how and I can't tell you when, but when that camera goes on you." Don't never change. That same person that you are right here having this conversation with me, with the passion that you're doing it and the conviction that you're doing it, when that camera comes on, you do it the same way. You don't change for the camera, and you're going to be all right. And, and it happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I got to give credit to Sway um, with somebody I always looked up to. And Angie Martinez. Mm-hmm. I always, coming up as, as a kid in New York City, listening to Hot 97. I know she's at Power now, but listening to Hot 97. Iconic. Those those Angie Martinez interviews were so important. The, the, I, you know, I, I was listening, I just was listening in for my favorite artists, but really what it was was I was getting an education that I didn't even realize that was going to prepare me for later. So Sway and Angie Martinez were my two inspirations. Mm. Um, 
on the journalism front. You know what I love, always love about Angie? I, I always felt like she was like, she brought like a sister perspective. When I listened to her, I was like, yo, this is like somebody that can have a conversation like some with, with somebody so different. Yeah. Even with podcasts, you know how people think of like these are interviews. Like supposedly what we're doing is an interview. Right. But to me, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. You know, and I feel like Angie may have been the person who started that without even knowing. Yeah, because it just felt like you was on the stoop. Like, if we was just listening to Hot 97, you know, just being in Brooklyn, being in the stoop, mm. it felt like Angie was, was right there with us, man. And she She's so dope, man. Like, You ever get a chance to tell her that? Oh, my. Every time. And, and she tells me to stop every time. <laughs> like, I came up, bro. I was such an Angie Martinez fan. Um, You know, the funny thing was, so when I used to work in the mailroom, that I was telling you about before I got into the industry, I, you know, I was rapping back then too. And it was right across the street from Hot 97. What was your handle? Just always Rob Markman? No, man. I had a handle. bunch of horrible rap names. Let me hear, let me hear. BK Scythe okay. was one, probably the most popular one. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was bad. It was another um, terrible one. Hey, yeah, a lot of people, B, listen. BK Scythe was like, but you know, a lot, a lot of people, you know. A lot of people had some terrible names before yeah, they, they became. Yeah, da- they downloaded some, some BK Scythe music for real in case of some of the shows back then. But I used to stand outside in front of Hot 97, the mail room was across the street, mm-hmm. and hand out mixtapes to, um, I definitely gave Angie a mixtape. I remember one time, um, I did like a promo for her show and it was like the day before Valentine's Day and I gave her a mixtape. I don't think I ever told her this. I gave her a mixtape, a single rose, and some chocolates. Mm. Like, you know, mm. and so she Shoot went up. shot, Rob. So, so then I went back to the mailroom to listen and she was on air. She was interviewing Fat Joe that day and she was eating the chocolates and she's offering Fat Joe chocolate. And I'm like, damn, okay, maybe I get a shout out or she's going to say, yo, this dude gave me a CD or whatever. Nah, I ain't get the shout out. But, you know, um, Angie probably don't remember that. I know she don't remember that. But I used to stand in front of that building. I remember giving CDs to Kanye West, to Raekwon. To Actually, like, I remember you saying that. Uh, yeah. Talk about the, when you gave a, a CD to Kanye. Like that whole, that whole <laughs> how, how that went down. That, that was funny. He, he had a record. This is College Dropout era. I, I, I think he was... Leading up to dropping College Dropout, I wasn't out yet. And I had a friend who got close to him and had a beat CD of his. And it was a beat that he never used. And he said, listen, check this beat out. I think this beat is dope. If you could record something and is, I think it's dope, I'll give it to Kanye. And Kanye wasn't even really famous back then. Sure. It wasn't. I just thought he was dope. And I just wanted anybody to listen. And and I had never worked with a producer before. And um, I did the joint in 24 hours. I wrote the joint. And um, it was like this concept joint um, about your girl and, you know, be, having a girl that stays with you even when you're doing the worst. Mm, mm. And, and the song was called Cookie off of Cookie Johnson because I imagine, like, <laughs> damn, she stuck with magic. Yeah, do yeah. that. So it was like a little conceptual, but it was catchy, it was melodic. I thought it was fire. I wrote it, recorded it, went home, put put on the Roland VS 1680, mm. digital track recorder, recorded it, mixed it all in my basement. If y'all don't know, the 1680 was the machine that MF Doom used to record Operation Doomsday. Mm. So, mm. you know. Classic. Yeah. So I, once I found that out, I said, I got to get this machine. So I did... Um, Went home, recorded the joint, wrote it, recorded it, mixed it. Came back the next day, gave it to my man. But I guess he wasn't feeling it, so he didn't want to give it to Kanye. 
Um, so I was like, cool. So one day I was at work and they was like, oh, Angie was like, oh, you know, my guest today is going to be Kanye West. So I said, oh, okay. And we run Burned across the, CD, the street. Went, went downstairs, went across the street, waited outside till he came out. He was walking out. He was on the phone and Don C was walking alongside him. Now me, I, of course I was excited and overzealous, but I'm not disrespectful. So if the man's on the phone having a phone conversation, I'm not going to interrupt his phone conversation. Sure, sure. Very so, few like that, but yeah, nah, because like, what, how you gonna get anywhere with that? So sure. I approached Don C instead, who was off to the side. Yo, Don, look, I got a CD for your man. Da da da. Kanye was like, "Hey, what's that?" Stop this phone conversation. Hey, what's that? And I explained to him, "Yo, I got this beat. I wrote this song." Da 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 da. And he was like, "Ah, let me check it out. I'll check it out in the car. If anything, man, I hit you up." I never heard back from him until years later when we're working at Double XL, and you know I'm actually working with him. Um, he was a guest editor of an issue, and I actually seen him the other night in Wyoming. And but nobody remembers that. But you know these are these are things that I, I never forget. Let me ask you something. You, you speak about all these years ago meeting Kanye, or well, basically trying to give him a CD of of work and mm-hmm. that you know you have done. You fast forward to Wyoming. Where Kanye had the, you know, and you were invited to the Illuminati party. Yeah. Or or what? Listening, we would call it? Nah, it was Illuminati party. Okay. Did <laughs> did he see you? Does he remember you? From nah, that? he doesn't okay. remember me from that. No? Nah, yeah, he doesn't. Angie doesn't remember me from that. Like, it was so long ago, and, you know, I think they get approached so much with that that it's hard to remember. Like, who's going to remember that? I, You know, I'm at a point in my career now where I get approached by, you know, kids sometimes wait outside of genius and, yo, can you listen to this? Let me know what you think. Sure, sure, of course. And I try. I try my very hardest to to, to listen and shake hands and, and take it all in because you never know who somebody's going to be. But just be genuine, too. Um, not to say that Angie wasn't or Kanye weren't. They, sure. were, they were very... Kanye stopped his phone conversation at the time. He didn't I mean, mean nothing. You can't get more genuine yeah, than that. Um, but nah, they, they, don't, they don't remember that. I'm trying to figure out... I remember one time, um, LP mm-hmm. from, you know, um, Run the Jewels, before everybody knows from Run the Jewels, he used to be in a group called Company, Company Flow. Flow yeah. And they had, they had an album release party where it was all instrumentals. There were there were no words. They just dropped the the second album was all instrumental album. I was in high school and um, got into the club and they're playing the album, but they're inviting all of their friends to rhyme. So this is the first time I think this is the first time I ever seen Can- Cannibal Ox get on stage and they start rapping and the indelible MCs. If, mm. if you was in tune to that, Breezy Boone and Jay Trez. They start rapping and everybody's on stage rapping. I'm saying, man, I want to get on stage and rap too. So I got up on stage. I was in high school. Jay Trez was from my hood and Trez let me on stage. And I think Breezley Bruin rapped and then just passed me the mic because I was the closest one to him. So I went to spit a verse. LP was so hot. Who let this kid on the Who stage? The Who the this? fuck is this kid? Da 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 da. But I had to get. They had to let me get the burst off because it got look weird. I got it off, and I, I had told LP that story years later. He was like, "Man, I'm sorry, man. I was such an asshole." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, I fucking jumped on your stage. Like, yeah, I was sure, the asshole." Sure. Um. So it's funny to to run back. Um. You know, and, and see um the artists that I grew up kind of idolizing and, and looking to hopefully give me a shot in in a different way. I remember. Um. You know, I'm from Flatbush, Brooklyn, so. Mm. You know, to see Talib Kweli and Mos Def in the Definition video riding in the dollar van up and down Flatbush meant everything. Mm, mm. So 
as a kid, all I wanted to do was get my CD to Talib. Me and him had a conversation about this on Twitter the other day, and 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 I I got I got he was like, damn, was I did I give it to you or you know did I take it from you? Yeah, man. Like Talib took my CD and shit, but nobody remembers that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know when you think about um, moments like that, right? And you think about how it's funny because it's like you're living. Do you ever feel like you're living two lives? Nah. It, this, do, you, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, like you, like a dual. Because you are a journalist, you're a very good interviewer. Mm-hmm. You're, Thank you. You're very good, even in this day and age where it's like you're a very good creative. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is like it's not just about interviewing; like it's about coming up with more ideas and you know right. and making things for like even what you do with Genius, where you're at now. Yeah. It's like you're you're creating content. Yeah, I, I've always been an artist in that sense. Like, you know, last year we took Twenty One Savage. We did an interview, and it was it was a dope interview. But we took him to a blacksmith. Mm. And if you notice, Twenty One Savage has the the knife tattooed on on sure. his forehead in between his his eyes. And we went to a blacksmith to make the replica of that knife that's tattooed on his forehead. We made the real knife so we're doing an activity plus we're doing an interview that's the length of this creativity and i never wanted my interviews it's never just a question and answer it's like man, let's really you know what it is it's storytelling and it took me to somebody had told me that was like yo your superpower is storytelling like so whether you're interviewing somebody you're storytelling if you're creating content you're storytelling on my ep right to dream there's a lot of storytelling they were they were like yo you're just a, a Story dope storyteller yeah. you could rap you can interview all this is talent but your main shit is storytelling. Mm. It's good to get in touch with what you do. You know, so many people in the industry over the years, um, and I can say this very honestly, you're you're well respected in the industry. Right. And then I'm going to ask you this: what, Why the fuck do you think you're well respected? I'm not saying you think yeah, that, yeah. but I'm saying you, why, why do you think that you're well respected? I, I, because I give respect. You you got to give respect to get respect. Um, I never wanted to disrespect the game, like hip-hop, like the culture. Like, you know, um, I believe, I said before, hip-hop, I feel like gives me gave me everything. So all I want to do is add on. I never want to take away. Mm. And if I take away, if I'm taking something away, if I'm taking something for myself, I got to give something back in this place. Um I have a respect for the game. You know, um, there's artists to this day who they might not be as hot as they were five, six, seven years ago, but could still call me and I'll pick up. I might not be able to get you on Genius or do the interview and invest that type of, you know, because that's time. That's a a business thing, right? I might not be able to do that for you, but I can always pick up the phone. Like, um, the same thing with with a new up-and-coming artists who made there may be no apparent reason right now for me to spend any time with them i still try to find time to spend i you know i i, I treat the game with respect because i really believe hip-hop this is our this is our shit sure regardless of who owns it regardless of what label you sign to regardless of what radio station you work for what podcast network you on this is hip-hop sure. and it's our shit and we got to treat it like it's our shit you know what I'm saying? The minute we stop giving a fuck about it, then it's just going to go to the corporations and it's all going to turn to shit. This is our shit. And, you know, I'm I'm proud of it and I'm proud to be a part of it. You know, I look at it, you're somebody that, um, you know, has uh, 
has got so much from hip hop, has given back so much to hip hop that hip hop is giving back to you now. Yeah. You know, for you to be able to make a, a a career out of it. Yeah. For you to be able to feed your family off of it. You know, this ain't no, um, you know, perpetrator shit. This is just real powerful, somebody who really cares about the shit. And, and, and to be honest with you, when you hear stories about somebody like Rob Markman, who had to refinance his house because he believed mm. in it so much, mm. who shelved his dream yeah. so his kids could... You know, his kids would go to school with some good kicks and clothes, and right. make sure that they were they were they were okay. Right. You know that, that that's what. Let me tell you something. Becoming successful, whatever the fuck that means, because being successful, you know, is different to each person. Right. You know, as a as a father, it it it. You know, it's it's. You don't always get your shot. Sometimes, like we spoke about it before, you have to put your shot on the mm-hmm. you know you, you, on the side, but you never gave up. But but the the great the great thing now is that my kids get to see, I'm I'm, I think through seeing me go through this phase of something that they always knew that I love to do. But seeing it now in the world, their minds is racing because the possibilities are endless sure, for them now. Sure, so it's a them. lesson for them. You know, two weeks after my EP dropped last summer, I get a call from Logic, mm. and he's like, "Yo, I got a show at Barclays Center. You coming?" I was like, yeah, absolutely, bro. I got my ticket. Blogic is, is somebody that, you know, I've been fucking sure. with for the long time. But I go to all his shows whenever he's in New York. Where are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Yo, you think it's cool if I bring you out on stage? Like, motherfucker, you think it's cool yeah, if you bring yeah, me out on fucking... stage? Like, God damn it. At the Barclays? Like, yo, I'm from Brooklyn. Sure. There wasn't a Barclays when I grew up. If you would have told me when I was 15 years old that they was going to take Madison Square Garden and put it on Flatbush Avenue. Sure, sure. And I was going to perform there. Like, are you crazy? So I'm performing at the Barclays. And my kids are in the crowd. And they get to see it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the um, the other uh, couple weeks ago, DJ Enough. Mm-hmm. Um, big was, Spanish. Was big Spanish, man. Shout out to Enough. Had played my record on Hot 97. Midday. Two in the afternoon. This is not two in the morning. Mm. And I love those two in the morning spins too. Peter Rosenberg don't stop. But you know, in, in Juanito. The, in Juanito, you know what I'm saying? If I might, if don't I might, stop. Man. Please. DJ Stacks, don't Keep stop. Keep it up. But you know, in the in the afternoon, I come home from work. I'm at work because you know I'm still working. I come home from work. My son said, Yo, I heard your record on Hot 97 today. I heard your record on the radio. Yo, I'm proud of you. My 10-year-old son told me that he was proud of me. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it's shit like that. Like, it's blowing my mind. It's bugging me out. But what I'm what I'm telling them is like, yo, you could be whatever you want to be. And that's what right to dream really is. Like, the right to dream, I spell it W-R-I-T-E because I started out as a journalist, as a writer. But it's really you have the right to dream. You know, everybody has a right to dream and nobody has the right to get in your way. Like, self-doubt is a killer. But this right to dream shit is really real. And I want to instill that to people. Like the hat I'm wearing now, the people can't see it, but I'm wearing a hat now. The oh, right to dream logo is, is a thought bubble. Hmm. And, you know, I see everybody walking around with, with, the, with the paper plane hats and it's hmm. dope, man. Like I love Jay's my y- favorite y- y'all artist. Y'all not all signed to Rock Nation, though. Come sign the right to dream records. Listen, <laughs> the right to dream the entertainment. Label. Yeah, nah, it's definitely a label. But what it symbolizes, what this thought bubble on my hat symbolizes is that no matter what your reality is, you always got something on your mind 
that next thing, that that million dollar dream or that dream that just always seemed unattainable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now we got this merch and we got this hat, these hats, but it really means something like just to signify that your reality today doesn't tell the whole story. Like you could do something greater tomorrow. Like if if you really you know, dream it and then you got to work for it. You know sure, what I mean? Sure. So that's what Right to Dream is about. Right to Dream, man. You know, did you ever display to the world what your dream is? Um, I tried a lot of times. Like, you know, I, I always tried. Like, I grew up, like, everybody knew. Everybody that I grew up with knew I always wanted to rap. Mm. So even when I did the journalism thing, they was like, we always knew you was going to be in hip-hop. You hid that for a little. Then you uh, go to a studio where um, you didn't want nobody to know. Right. So Tell the internet about yeah, that. Yeah, once I put the dream on Tuck and did the journalist thing, it was weird to see somebody. Nobody really ever stepped. Nobody's ever stepped out as a journalist and, and became any type of successful artist. You know, credit to Angie, mm. credit to Ludacris, credit to Tigger, who did it from the radio and made records. But I think radio was a little different because you were used to hearing their voices every sure, day. Sure. Angie had a dope voice on radio. Luda had a dope voice on radio. Tigger, it transitions. Nobody from like Double XL, from a print, from a blog perspective made the transition so i didn't want people to judge me before they heard the music so yeah you know um shout out to brook brothers um they used to have a studio in sunset park i think it's called industrial city now you know they they changed the zip code and and Mm -hmm. jacked up the rent they gentrified (laughs) yeah they got tofu there (laughs) yeah but um they they had a studio there and that's the studio i picked to record the project with my man ryo um i worked with one engineer and every session that I did for the project, it was just me, Hovain, and Ryo um, in Brook Brothers Studio because I didn't want anybody to see me recording or the word to get out and then people have a preconceived notion. I said, at least let them hear the music. Sure, before they, yeah. And then if they hear the music and if you don't like it, so be it, cool. But I just didn't want anybody to be like, ah, man, like he rapping. Ah, fuck it, fuck out of here. Da 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 da. And I still get haters. Like as much love and respect that sure. I I get. Sure. You know, love. What Kiss said, the love overpowers the hate by twos. Mm-hmm. Is definitely it might be by threes. What type of hate, bro? What type of hate? Nah, I get all types of like. You know, I get people. Um, you know, on Twitter you'll see shit. You know, um, I, you know, I had one dude the other day. I, I get text messages from numbers that I don't know. Mm. Like just hating, like. You know what I'm saying? And that's cool that come with it. Like, for me, I'm sad because I don't, I don't think anybody, I've never seen anybody hate on me that was doing better than me. Mm. So it's like, I mean, you know, if you hating and you sitting on your couch all day, then, I mean, who you mad at, me or yourself? Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Like, no, a, no, I get it. Anybody who's actively pursuing their dream, they might hear me and, and be like, nah, they ain't my cup of, cup of tea. When but you, they're not going to stop what the fuck they doing to send a tweet sure. or, or, or to hate on it because you're busy trying people, to get yours. People just want attention, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you were in the studio, I remember you saying that uh, you always almost felt like your cover was blown one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, what was that about? I was in the studio one night and my man um, is Biscuit. Okay. I don't know you know Biz. Uh, the Washed. What, what, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Washed, yeah. Uncle yeah. Biz. Um, there was another studio down the hall that I ain't know about it was in this big warehouse and 
I'm walking out my studio and they walking out there. Yo, bro, what you doing here? Da, 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 da. I was like, ah, nah, I'm just here checking my man. Da, da, da. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And you know, Biz, Biz got like mad. He might got like a million followers on Instagram. Like everybody pay attention to Biz. So I'm like, man, Biz tweet this shit is over, man. But um, I don't think he real he ain't realize it because after he was like, that's why you was in the studio. Yeah. But you know, Biz show love. He he posts the music and he posts the songs and shit like that. But I really thought my cover was blown at that point. You know, when you decided to come out, you know, you, you've been a journalist. You've been obviously at Double XL, MTV, TV, print, blog. When you came out, I remember exactly when you came out. Uh, there was a lot of love. Yeah. But people probably didn't. W- were you nervous? Oh, I was nervous as shit. The day before I dropped the album, I didn't want to put it out. I was like, Jovain, nah, it's not good enough. We got to go back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's self-doubt. That's that self-doubt again. Trust self-doubt is a killer. Like, you know, it's scary to reveal yourself to the world. But, yeah, so I, I, I was definitely nervous. And, you know, look, I'm going to acknowledge, too, to, to all, like, I I'm, I get a lot of love. I got a lot of love off the bat just because I think people, like you said earlier, love and respect me and respect sure, sure. the work that I did. Because you give done. respect, you get respect. And people wanted it to be good. Um, and then it was up to me to make them actually love the music and not love me. You know what I'm saying? I want them to love the songs even more than they love me. Like, that would be the ultimate compliment. And, and that that's a challenge, and that's what it takes to get there. I remember I was on Ebro in the morning. Mm. I remember. And I didn't call too many people and set up too many interviews. I, I set up the Sway interview, and I set up Ebro in the morning, and um, Hovain set up Breakfast Club. And that was all the things that I set up. And everything else you see me on was people reaching out to me. But I had reached out to Ebro in the morning, to Laura Styles, and I was like, yo, Laura, I want to come up on the show. I'm dropping a project. Here's a private link, blah, 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 blah. All Laura saw on the email was, yo, Laura, can I come up to the show? She was like, yeah. She hit me back right away. Yeah, no doubt. You can always come up. Yeah, let, let's do it. This is the day, blah, blah, blah. She didn't read the whole email because she, she fucked with Rob Markman. She said, sure. yeah, you could come up. And then when she reread the email, she said, oh, shit. Rosenberg, yo, he's doing music. And I just told him he'd come up, but I don't know how the music sounds. What are we going to do? So they listened to the and you know they they liked it and they had me up, but they they said <laughs> they admitted that they were nervous because they Imagine were like, "Fuck, like, yo, this shit is yeah, this shit is terrible. We can't come up here, right?" <laughs> I, you know what though? I'd have respected it. Yeah, I, absolutely, I would have. Has respected anybody it. ever been honest with you? Um, in this game, that you I don't think know. that that I think was being honest. Um, it's hard to tell. Pusha T had 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 um giving me some advice early on I had sent him a, a, a version of a song that I was working on and he was like you cheating he was like mm. this is a 90s flow it's easy to sound good you need to um, challenge yourself more mm. you know throw 90s it's, it's kind of easy to hit that pocket um, and that was great advice like I, 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 I thanked him for it and you know, he also told me, too, something about my voice. Like, the, whatever version it was was very monotone. He was like, you need more inflection in, in your voice. You need to, your vocals need to tell a story as well as just the words. Um, so that was cool. Like, I, I sent it to Push, and I wasn't looking for him to say, yo, this is amazing. He gave me some real shit that I was able to go back to the studio. Sure, sure do some work. And work on. 
Um, has anybody been honest with me? I don't know. I so I ask myself that all the time. I you know do people just like me or and don't want to say the truth or you know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes sometimes I see some criticism on on Twitter from strangers that sometimes they'll just be straight fucking haters and sometimes there'll be people like ah uh, this ain't for me. Mm. Yeah, that's okay. I, I respect it, but this ain't for me. And I I feel no ways. I'm like nah, that's cool. Like I, I get it. So yeah, like it's hard. It's always hard to say if people are, are being honest with you because I feel like a lot a lot of people come to me most times want some. Yeah. So during the day it. so yeah and i'm cool i don't need to play that game like you don't you don't need to like my shit it's cool like it it won't make me feel any different about you as a person you know you you've been around for for a minute now you've yeah. been around for a minute now i mean probably going on what like uh in journal 13 14 years yeah yeah you what would you say is one of your most high moments, like your most memorable moments? As a journalist? As just just over the yeah, and and not journalists, just mm. in this game. I will give you in two. this hip hop. I'll give you two. Um you know, releasing the album, performing at Barclays is probably Shouts to Logic. Yeah, Shouts to Logic. Performing at Barclays in front of what's that, fifteen thousand, eighteen thousand people was crazy because I'm on stage and I didn't have an in ear. I'm, so I'm just rapping off. I can hear the the, the drum. So sure. I, I just know, okay, I, I got the beat. And I'm looking up and I see the band of Jay-Z. It says Jay-Z, eight sold-out shows. Because yeah. Jay-Z sold out the eight shows yeah. at the Barclays. And then there was another banner right next to it, Notorious B.I.G., 1972. Um, so being on the stage and that's all I could focus on. Everything else was a blur. And I just saw a J and I saw a big. So <laughs> that was a, a definite highlight. Um and then, you know, probably working with Genius, where we are with Genius now, is, is a highlight. I feel like I hit the reset button. As long as I've been in it, I feel what do you brand mean? What new. What do you mean by that? Because when I was working at XXL, XXL, I came in post Elliot Wilson. XXL mm-hmm. was already XXL. It was what it was. It was an established brand. Um, I contributed to it in, in a lot of great ways, I think. But XXL was XXL with or without me. Um, MTV an established brand when I when I walked in you know I, I, I say that's like playing for the Yankees mm. so when you play for the Yankees you're supposed to hit home runs you're supposed mm. to win championships you know I, I think when I went to Genius I, I came at a time transitioning maybe? yeah when nobody really expected anything a lot of times when when I went to Genius a lot of people was like well what are they doing over there because Genius wasn't known for content sure. at the time so you know I, I was a piece and you know the first piece or one of the first pieces of this content team that genius built and um to be able to see it grow and 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 see this team grow and together the things that we've built sure it's great it's been amazing so it's like a highlight because i'm like wow you know genius and genius was established already before i got there as a a lyric site not as a content company just building building more of you know and i could look back and i could see directly um what type of impact I had on a company like that on an app on a resource that people use every day. What made you make the decision to go over there? Um, you know, when when they called me, first of all, it was like, you know, being in hip hop, I love lyrics. I'm a lyrical dude. I love digging into music. When I was at MTV, it start everything started to become and there's no disrespect to MTV, this was the industry as, as a whole. I realized I wasn't doing very much music journalism 
as much as I was doing entertainment journalism. Mm. And it's a difference. You know, you, you, a lot of what we were writing about wasn't actually about the music. It was about who was dating who or who had beef with who or whose chain got robbed sure. or who got Trending shot. Trending topics, so to speak. Yeah. And that, that wasn't who I was. It wasn't, you know, like if I'm sitting down with Rick Ross, who I respect, I'm a big fan of, I'm like, damn, I got to fucking ask him about Lyra Galore or who was that girl that he was dating at the time? Like, yeah. I'm a grown-ass man, dog. I don't yeah, feel like doing the gossip today, this. man. I want to talk about the record. Um, huh. And I always found a way to balance it, and it was cool. I think that's why a lot of artists respected me because I always found a way to balance it. Um, but, you know, it, it was a time when I was just like, all right, I'm kind of over this. I want to do something... And Genius was just hyper-focused on the music. And, you know, for, for that, I was like a kid in the candy store. Mm. You know, and, and, and... Took you long to make that decision? Um, They called me once and was like, yo, you want to come over to Genius? How's that MTV? Like, yo, maybe, like, come over to the team, something like that. I was like, y'all bugging, like, for real. Like, I'm going to leave. It was like, you remember Doggy Style, the beginning? <laughs> yeah. He was like, man, you got a flat screen yeah, TV. Yeah. All the weed you could smoke, you gonna leave all this? So at first I was like, leave MTV, I'm bugging, and then they called again, and and I'm paraphrasing, and they and well, yo, just come meet, check it out. So when I met, when I went to um, the office space and met Tom and Elon, sure. the co-founders, and I saw it, I saw the vision, like everything made sense in that moment. The the moment I met Tom in the line, the moment I stepped into the, the genius office, um, I made my mind up. Mm. It like that second, like mm. as soon as I met them, I seen what they was about. I, I, I said, I see the future, and we've been rocking ever since, sure. and it's been dope. And it's been <clears throat> it's been special. I love the uh, the breakdowns of you know lyrics, even the shit they did with um, um, designer. Yeah, um, that was fun. Twenty one Savage. Even you think about just the stuff that you're continuing to do. Brought over Mikey Fresh. Yeah. Listen, shouts to the whole genius team. Yeah. Internets were sitting here with my friend, okay, a good fella, a, a fellow Brooklynite, an artist, a journalist. I mean, so many fucking things. My guy, Rob Markman's in the building. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Cheer. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? Internets, what up? Internets, what up? Internets, what up? You are now locked in. You tuned in. It's going down. I'm with my brother, my homie, my family, my guy, my pies on. Premium Pete, it's going down. Don't go nowhere. Stay here. Real talk, real artists, real guests, real conversation, real wine, real side smoking in the um side room that you can smoke in. Real cameramen, real questions, real everything. Don't fucking go nowhere. Internet's, we love you. Premium Pete show, ghosts. Internet's, and we're back sitting here with my guy, Rob Markman, the hmm. one and only. I mean, man of many. Many, many different, um, many different creative things, but most importantly, just a good dude. You know, you spoke before about your the the highest point of your career, right? You know, what was some of your lowest? Um, being at Double XL was a low point for me. There was a time when being at Double XL really when when uh, you know I was going to get fired for. Putting out music on two dope boys. How and that, dare that you. was the word. Um shout out to Mecca. Yeah, and man. Shake. Shout out Mecca and Shake, man. Funny thing with them too, funny story. Before they knew who I was, because I rapped under another name, BK Side, they were posting my music. They didn't know I worked for Double XL. They didn't know I was in the industry or nothing. They and they were posting my music. 
Um, and then later I, I hit up Mecca and told him who I was. And but they were already showing me love with Mecca so much. But that that was a low point for me and and like refinancing the house and sure. because I it, it it made me feel like damn. If I would have had to leave this hip hop shit to to take care of my family, I'd have done it, and it, it made me feel like maybe this thing wasn't gonna work out. So it was definitely like a low point for me. And you know, Double XL was was a lot of work. Um, you know, it was a lot of paying dues. But looking back at it now, I wouldn't trade it for anything because the the time and and there were great times at Double XL too. Don't get me wrong, but there was a period where it was just sure. kind of dark for me. Um. Shout out to Vanessa, man. I had a long talk with Vanessa just a week ago. Um, it made me who I, who I was. I, once I got out of that situation, I knew I could make it out of anything. I knew I, I, there was nothing in this industry that was going to break me. Um, it, you know, it was just kind of a, a low point for me then. But, yeah, I thought I was going to have to pack it up. And, you know, I, I was definitely, I was like, damn, I should have stayed in the mailroom. should have stayed in food and beverage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, it's it's crazy, too, because I think in the social media day, um, we show a lot of highlights. Right. We don't always show a lot of losses. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, even having a daughter 18 years old and, and a son 3 years old, which I'll teach, and you have two boys, what I've learned is they don't they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to fail, even more than ever. Right, you know, they, just, you know, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Right, you know, they don't want to be wrong or fail or make a mistake. And I will say is to any parent out there, man, um, you know, make your kid make a mistake, man, um, only because he'll learn. And yeah. I'm not saying do that shit on purpose, but it's gonna happen naturally. Yeah, those, those mistakes are gonna happen. Naturally. Don't try to guide it too much. Yeah. Like, I mean, some people I feel like try to. You can't, um, you know, codependency is something we don't really talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very real. They got they got to learn to be up. And, and, you know, that's something I have to learn now, especially with, with my oldest son, who's about to be 13. Mm. Um, you know, he's my same height. He's my same sneaker size. Like, for all intents and purposes, physically, he, he, he he's a man. He's you taking all your kicks. Yeah, nah, he definitely, um, he knows which ones to take, though, because I let him rock. He, he can rock the Kyrie's. He can rock the pair of my Kyrie's in school. One time I let him live, um, but yeah, he can have whatever he want as long as he's bringing those good grades. Sure, but um, yeah, you know, you gotta let him kind of just be his own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And go off on his own. Um, you know, cause shit. When I was 12 years old, I was, come on, Pete, we grew up in a different era. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm yeah. thank, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thankful. You know, my mother said that to me uh, the other day, and uh, you know, I was complaining. I was like, she drives me crazy, my daughter. And he's like. She's like, P, do you remember what you were doing at that age? And I'm like, shit. Yeah. She was like, you were terrible. Yeah. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, Ma, I, I understand. You know, more importantly, you know, uh, we went over a lot of your journey. You know, grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Mom and dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my mom's and my what, dad. What did mom there. do? My mom, she was a stay-at-home mom most um, of the years, but she, she also was like, she worked as a teacher's aide. As well, so you know when she was out there working, she was always my mother always loved kids. Um, she was the neighborhood babysitter, so sure. all, all the neighborhood kids would be at her house, or um, you know she would work as a teacher's aide at a, at a nearby school. But um, so she always loved kids, but you know just held down the house and held down the fam. You know there was um, there was four of us, you know between my brothers and my sisters, and mm. you know so there there was always something to do, somebody to bail out of a jam or yeah, something sure. like that. You know what I mean? What about pops? 
my father was um and still is he he works in a union mm. as a as a labor organizer um damn i'm gonna get this wrong for 32 bj i think and um represent yeah, he's an arbitrator so he like when people have um um kind of beef with their employer like you know, he kind of steps in before they take sure, it to court. Sure, sure, the union sure. tries to step in. Sure. And, and, He's like a delegate. Yeah. And um, and he also worked with, um, he was also a counselor for, for um, mentally ill patients. He worked two jobs um, at South Beach in, in okay, Staten, Staten Island. Island yeah. yeah um, so he ran like a, a drug program or something for, for nice. some of the patients at, at South Beach. You know, uh, the Pops and Mom, stay, they're still together? They're still together. There, there was years when... You know, they they were separated for a number of years, and then they eventually got back together. Um, but, they, they, like, when I was a teenager, 13, 14, 15, 16, they separated, and I actually um, was living with my pops. Mm. Um, so that that was tough. You know, most most kids, right, go with their mom, and, you know, I ended up staying with my pops. Um, Is there a reason that happened like that? Um... It, it just was. My mom left. Um, you know, they we all lived together. My mom left, and you know, we we just stayed. You know, we stayed home. We stayed. Sure. You know, and and they eventually worked their shit out, and, and they're actually back together now. So, did you, at that time, you know, and I speak about this with mm-hmm. so many people, did did that did that affect you? Oh my god, it affected me a thousand percent. I was angry at the world um, because. Um, you you know um, I don't know what happened between them and I never asked, but I know my mom went and and lived with a was with another man, um, who I never met. You know what I'm saying? And I there, I had resentment as because as a kid you ain't understand and you was like, all right, this dude got to be the reason. I don't know what the reason was. I never asked, but I held a lot of resentment against my mom and it took me a few years to get over that you know what I'm saying it took me a few years to realize that whatever their relationship was was their relationship and it wasn't any of my business and it didn't affect how any of them felt about me but I was mad at the world I remember I tell you a story and it goes right into hip hop the night my mom left my mom was the one who was like listen I'm leaving I'm going I'm leaving right now in the morning you're not gonna see me and um my little brother cried, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to cry, but I couldn't because I was like, damn, if I, like somebody, my mother was crying, my little brother was crying, my father was probably off somewhere crying. I'm like, somebody got to fucking hold it together, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like 13 and I'm just like holding it in, more so for my little brother. And my mom leaves and, you know, the next day I'm in my room and, you know, I'm pissed. I'm mad, but you know, I still hadn't cried. And Angie Martinez and why Angie, like, it just always goes back to hip-hop. It comes on the radio. Yo, we're about to play this new record by Tupac, Dear Mama. Mm. And she played Dear Mama. And I was alone in the room. It was the first time I heard Dear Mama. Dog, I lost it. Like, I cried. Like, tears. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, and that's when I talk about, like, hip-hop. You know when I say, like, hip-hop has given me so much? Like, it was pot that allowed me to have that release. Like, I needed to cry. Like, you know what I'm saying? My mom's was going. I needed to cry. Um, and I held it in. But, man, you, you 
And even as a crack mean mama, your ways was a black queen. I was like, oh my God. It, you know, I'm, I'm light as hell. Like everybody who looks at me know, but my mom, my mom's Puerto Rican. Sure. My mom's is black. My mom's is Afro-Latina. So it's like I connected to those lyrics. So like, and um, yeah, it was tough, man. I was, I was mad at the world, man. And um, I definitely went through, through a transition period at that point where I wasn't doing the right thing. I was out there smoking weed. Um, we was out there robbing people. Mm. Um, Could have got caught up. Yeah, and you know, then my older brother went to jail, and my best friend, his brother, got murdered. So it was like everything around us at that time where we got guidance from my older brother, my best friend's older brother, my parents. All that shit was crumbling around us from from the ages of like 13 to 16, which is your most oppression would be years. So everything fucked up that was in front of us, we ran to it. You know, and we was self-destructive in that way. So yeah, nah, that shit affected me crazy. Um, you know, one thing I really um, admire about you is that um, you've been through that and then you turn around and you get married. 17 years. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, off air you were telling me like, yo, the shit's still like the honeymoon. She had texted yeah. you. Where you at? I miss you. Yeah. You could easily have had, um, weirdly to say, relationship issues because of that. Just because you seen, but you held. I, did did that have any influence you to be a better man? Not, not. I'm not saying your father did anything yeah, wrong, but no, no, meaning no, no, like no. in a relationship. No, and my, and my my father, I I resented my father too. Like, damn man, I never talked about this shit. But when my pops and my moms got back together, I was like, dog. You, you took a back, like as much as I wanted my fat. So I, I was kind of disrespectful to my pops. My pops had his own issues. He had substance abuse issues. Um, I, I, I used to take my dad to NA meetings. I never talked about this shit. This shit's crazy. I hope they never hear this. They're going to be so mad. But, you know, so my dad wasn't perfect either. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was all types of shit. Um, and I'm not perfect. And, and you know, I've been with, with my wife for a long time. But and we had our ups and downs um, for sure. Like every day isn't. A sunshine day but um you know I, I knew and seeing the thing that my parents went through I knew that's not what I wanted you know um for myself mm. you know that that's what wasn't what I wanted in, in a relationship so you know I, I, I tried to do something different you know what I mean um you know I still respect and love my parents but I was like I, I did not want their relationship I never seen my parents kiss mm. not one time I, I don't I might count on one hand, the amount of times I seen them hug, you know what I'm saying. So like they weren't very like affectionate in that way. They did what they had to do. They held us down. They take care of us. My parents are always there whenever sure. I need them. But I, I had never seen that affection. Um, so you know, I, I was just like, man, if I'm in a relationship that's um, without affection, without sure. the you know, not to say that there's not love there with my parents, but without that outward display of love, like. I was like, man, I don't want it. Like, if we just gonna be roommates, then sure, sure. <laughs> you know what, what, I'm saying? what are we doing here? Yeah, you, um, you know, I will say this though: learning and 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 really being obsessed with just trying to be a great parent, being a separated dad for so many years, and just learning, and then also teaching other mm -hmm. other young, younger parents. I will say this: kids, and I mean this, kids always will do and remember what they what they see. Yeah, not only what you say. Yeah. More what they see, more what they see than what you say. Yeah, and, and and you know it makes me like you know what I love about podcasting or just conversating with good people is that 
even you as a person gave me the idea to think like to display that better right. a kiss a hug um something for them to remember right you know yeah you know i i don't know you know what i'm saying like and i don't know if it was the right way it's a different way though because you're going with the best intentions my parents didn't absolutely didn't go in with the intentions to fuck me up no of <laughs> you course know of course i'm saying like, but these things they did happen best for them, but it happens and so you know i may be doing what's right now and i, I pray i don't fuck my kids up but you know that there might be something that i'm showing them that i shouldn't be showing them and maybe they could do better like nobody's perfect like you really just go in and be like man i just hope i don't fuck my kids up too much sure, sure. you know what i'm saying but um you, and, and it goes back to me and looking at my parents is like you know the realization when you get that you, that your parents are imperfect people. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That your parents mm -hmm. aren't perfect. Well, they're also people, right? That's the crazy thing. Sometimes you got to realize that. Yeah. You know, they're also like you can have a kid, but you also may be going through trying to figure out yeah. new jobs, mm -hmm. trying to figure out new ways to provide for the family. Yeah. You're also, you know what I mean? Well, that was that was the thing between me and my mom's. Like, I, I definitely had resentment for her for for years, and um, you know, I love my mom to death. And eventually, once I got to be maybe 17, 18, I realized, I said, oh, shit, this shit ain't about me. And, you know, it changed my attitude towards her. And, um, you know, and, and I hurt her, you know, to, to, to the way I lashed out at her hurt. You know what I'm saying? And even to this day, like, there's, there's still things that's not repaired. But, you know, I'm like, yo, I was, I was 15, 16 at the time. I ain't understand the world. So all sure. I knew was, you know, and... and you know, hope you don't go through that, but you know, if you do, you just deal with it the best you can. Like that's that's fucking what life is, bro. Like you just deal with that shit the best you fucking can. You ever have something like on your mind like that, like you know, or like you ever have a, like in this situation, you ever have like where you want to talk to your mom, but uh, you kind of let it go. Ah, I'll do it another yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I can't. It's hard, man. Yeah. It's hard. I don't like people crying around me. Like, yeah. or not that my mom, my mom is super strong. My mom's one of the strongest people that I know, mm. hands down. But, you know, it'd be hard to have those conversations sometimes. Like, I'm like, man, I, I don't feel like going there today. I'm having a good day. I'm having a happy Duh. day. I, you know, it's, it's part of the reason why I'm afraid of therapy <laughs> in a lot of ways. Ever gone? I've never gone to therapy. Um, I'm just, like, I'm in a good space, bro. Like, I, I'm I'm really happy and, and living my I'm like, man, but if I start fucking opening up Pandora's box, <laughs> like shit is going good. I don't want to fuck up a good oh, thing. Oh, shit. Um, you know. Co-pays going to get to yeah. you. Yeah. If, if I absolutely needed it, I, I would, but I feel good and I got a good handle on things. So, you know, I, I just try to keep the status quo. You know, you think about your journalist days and you're still a journalist, but right. I mean, you know, what has been some of your... Like things that make you proud, like could it be a, a, something in print, you know, album yeah. cover? Like, what are some moments that you remember that you did? You know, what the internet know that G G genius definitely makes me proud. Like I said earlier, um, I did I did a um, interview with Kendrick Lamar in 2015, right after the Pimper mm -hmm. Butterfly yep, for MTV, which was um, career defining, and I didn't even think it was that ill of an interview. It it was like at the time, I remember people being like, "Yo, how'd the interview go before it came out? Yo, how'd it go?" And I was like. I, I think it was, we just talked. It wasn't, the people made it to this thing. It was just me and Kendrick having a conversation. Like, we've done so many times in the past. And this one just seemed to resonate. But it just felt, it did feel different. So that was career defining. Um, 
in 2009, I did a, a I was the lead on a, we did a making of Illmatic story and mm. Double XL was in print. This is before the documentary comes out. This is 2009, so it's a 15 year anniversary. Dayton Thomas was the editor in chief of Double XL, and I say, yo, they. And that's my boss at the time. Yo, I think, you know, 15-year anniversary of Elmatic, we should do a making-of story and speak to everybody involved. He was like, yo, that's an ill idea. Go. You do it. You're in charge of it. You pick the writers you want to pick. You assign it. You go. And he just let me go. He wasn't breathing down my back, man. We turned that thing in. I won an award. It's called, like, the Best in Writing Award. The whole team had won an award. I never won anything in my life as far as an award. Um, so writing that it, it was a, uh, I think Cameron was on the cover. It was 2009. It was the making of Illmatic. Um, super proud of that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. What, you know, what about, um, is there any, been, you know, being someone who loves hip hop so much, being somebody who loves just this culture so much, uh, being, um, did you ever meet somebody like that that you always like looked up to that now you consider a friend that you find amazing? Yeah, man. Um so many people. Um Nori. Mm. He's a crazy yeah, motherfucker. Nori, the, the fact that, you know, I, I'll get the Nori call at nine o'clock in the morning still baffles me. You know, he'll be jogging and some yeah. you know. Um Yeah, man. Um Raekwon. Mm. The fact that 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 Ray is, is is a friend and a brother is is crazy, um, you know, because these were just guys that I looked up to. Even Sway, the fact that Sway, sure, you know, it took me under his wing, man, and and that's big bro. But he don't look at me like Sway never tried a little bro me. Sure, Sway looks at me. Sway talks about me and him in the same sentence, and sometimes I gotta remind him, nah, bro, it's you. And then it's me. It's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But Sway don't look at it. the fact that I could call Sway anytime for anything is, is amazing. Special. And, That's and, success, too. Yeah. People think success is fucking a Rolex. And, you know, I always say that success mm-hmm. is different to each person. Mm-hmm. So no one person could tell someone, no, nah, that's not success. Because what makes you happy, even like you just said, I'm in a good space. Right. That's success. Yeah, I'm good. Bro. And, 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 and it, it takes a lot to get there. And it's yeah. a balance. But not that's special. That's special that you're able to. You know, I always always said that too. Like a lot of kids I grew up with, uh, you know, when they see certain things, they, they equate that with money. Right. And they think that you particularly, if you're around certain people or you're an artist, that now all of a sudden Rob Marks, an artist, that he should have a certain amount of money. No, maybe he has a certain amount of relationships that he's happy with and he's able to make things and create things. You don't know what... You know what I mean? Like that—that's yeah. a special thing. Yeah, you know, man, the type of calls and people hit Priceless. me up to 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 know to borrow money for me after I dropped right to Dream last year was crazy. I'm like, I don't know what you think this is. This is an independent company, and and dropping the record is not the payday. Is is you, you got to work that motherfucker? But yeah, a lot of people call to ask to borrow money. It was weird. What the fuck? It was fucking weird. Like, Stop hand, calling for money. Like hearing your record on High ninety seven. Like yeah, you don't get special. paid. When your record gets played on Hot 97, like, you know that, that you know what fraction of a penny that is in, in, in your publishing? Like, and, and people were hitting me up and, and asking for money and all types of wild shit. It was, it was crazy. 
And I'm like, first of all, you're looking at the wrong thing, yeah. baby. <laughs> let me make my let me make my bones over yeah. here. Yeah. You know, um, what are some of the artists uh, out now that you're fucking with? Because you you're in like you're, you're new, in the mix like, like new artists, yeah. Kendrick's not new no more. Right? Nah, you can't uh, say that. Kendrick's not. He's become it's crazy. With I like Nick Grant. Grant. I'm a big fan really? of Nick Grant. I think Nick Grant is amazing. Um, I love his new project, Dreaming Out Loud. I, mm -hmm. I fucked with the last one, Return of the Cool. I think Nick Grant's amazing. Um, I like Jay Grams mm -hmm. out of Baltimore, young, talented dude. Um, I like Jid. Are we still saying Jid is new? J I D J. Uh, yeah, I he, mean, he, he, been I mean he, got, he got swooped up. He got swooped up. Yeah, he, I mean, he's he, nice. He's crazy. Um, I think who else? I'm, I'm so I'm so on the spot now. Um, and you know my guys. I've been working with guys. These are R and B guys. Um, my man, um, Wave Matthews okay. and Craigie F, both from Connecticut. I, I really man, I just enjoy their music. Craigie F got this record called Pure that I love. Um. You know, my man KR. KR is in um, the Superfly movie mm -hmm. now, but KR could rap and KR got music. I've always been a big fan of KR. Being that you're an artist, you know, and now you have the ability to work with other people, mm -hmm. who, who's some people you want to work with? I just did a record with Styles P. What? Which is crazy. I got Actually, a record you know called what? Next Check. What's the name of it? Next Check. Let's play that real quick. Yeah, let's, let's play get a little snip. Let's play a little snip. Let's get it. into it. Next check gonna be for a million. I don't know how I know what you're feeling. Palm itching, intuition. Multiply this money, we don't understand the vision. Fuck it up, get it back. Fuck it up. Fuck it up, get it back. Fuck it up. Next check gonna be for a million. I don't know how I know what you're feeling. Yo, look at you, fucking. You and Styles P. That was my first real feature. And Chris Streets. Chris Streets is on that record too. Shout out to Chris Shout Streets. Chris Street. And and and, and um, produced by Knock. But, you know, just Styles being a guy that I always looked up to. And man, he turned that that verse around in a matter of hours. Mm. I didn't wait a full twenty four hours for that verse. And he gave me heat and it meant a lot. That was the first kind of like established artist that that It's good dude, man. Yeah. Um who yeah, else you want to work with, man? Um, who to talk to them? Nah, man, it's 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 cliche at this point. I don't know. Um, you know who I want to work with? I'm gonna say like obviously Jay Z would be amazing. Obviously Nas would be amazing. Jay? Yeah, yeah, I met Jay. I've interviewed Jay a bunch of times. Um, obviously those would be amazing, right? Um, but that's on everybody's wish list. Um. I want to do a record with Punch from TDE. Really? Yeah, good friend of mine. I think Punch is nice. Um, I love his perspective. We um, talk about music all the time. He's nice on both ends. Yeah. Dude has an ear. Yeah. And he's nice in, in, when he puts it, when it lays it down. Yeah. It's amazing you know, to see what they've done with TDE is honestly really, really special. Nah, it's super special. It's super special. And, and I, I watched them grow that whole thing from damn near the beginning very, very early on. So... Um, yeah, I would love I, I would love to work with Punch. Um, I would love to work with Nick Grant. Um, believe it or not, Designer. Really? I like Designer, man. What the fuck um, are you just gonna talk about on that watch. track? I got I got something from Kiss. I would <laughs> love. I got a joint. I I, I got oh, a Kiss will be Kiss will be. Nice. I got a song actually. I should send it to Kiss tonight with an open verse, and I just hear Kiss on it. Mm. It's like some coming of age, like 
Meth Bleak Jay Z True World perspective and I need Kiss's perspective. Um John Bellion mm. is another artist that I that I fuck with. You you know you gotta get logic on something too. Yeah, you should. But yeah. are are you reaching out? No. Okay, that's I your problem. I don't like asking that, for that's things, your problem. Bro. I don't that, like that, that's your problem. It's organic. Like I but, understand. But no, also no, I understand. Go ahead, go ahead. Also, like the Styles P collaboration, I just heard Styles on it. I was in the studio. I was like, yo, Styles would sound crazy on this. And it just, it worked. Like, it's not getting features for feature's sake. I'm not trying to make a DJ Khaled album. Of course. The, but the point I'm making Shout is... Shout to Khaled. Of course. But the point I'm making is even with somebody like Logic. The way, there's a way of people who reach out. Hmm? If you're like, yo, I wrote, I, you know, I've done this try. I think you would be good on it. You're a genuine dude. It's not yeah. like you have like an ulterior motive. Yeah. I would say like, I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. People from our generation, sometimes I feel like we're, we don't like to ask. Yeah. So I'll be honest with you. Sometimes like, you know, I've been doing podcasts in so many fucking years. And sometimes I, sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, fuck this. I don't want to ask anyone. Yeah. It's just like you got to chase people sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want to do that. But I will say, don't ever be afraid to ask. Because you come from a genuine yeah. place. Yeah, you know, I'm not afraid either. You know, like, when I say the logic thing is is that I don't have the song mm, yet okay. that, that he mean. sounds good. Like, if I, ha- if I had a record where it was like, dog, logic, mm. I hear him, like, I'd send it. Like, I'm, I'm not, it's not that level of timidness. I get it. I, I don't want to force anything. I don't, I don't want to, and then, especially because of my relationships, like, really when I put out the first record, everybody's question was, you know, I did it with Empire Distribution. It was like, all right, you going to get any features? And I was like, nah, I'm, I just want to do it mm. for me. It's funny, Khaled was on my on my first project. It was voicemails. It's a skit where everybody's reacting to hearing, yo, Rob, you rapping? So, you know, Cal is on it, Royce is on it, um, Nori is on it, DJ Drama is on two it. Two chains? Nah, I didn't get two chains. Oh, man. I did have a I did a record called Best for my birthday and in my head I, I heard Chains on it. But um we didn't get Chains on it. But Chains had me open up for him on his tour, on his last tour in Terminal Five last year. Like two Chains one of my girls, favorite rapper. Yeah, pretty, pretty girls, girls love like trap music too. I opened up in New York. Chains is one of my favorite MCs. I'm not when you talk about artists like like current MCs, Chain I think Chains is so nasty. Like mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people might hear the, the Southern draw or the way he says shit so simple, but it, it goes over your fucking head. Like, sure. I think Chains is fucking nasty. Um, I think few people are rapping like him, so nah, I fuck with two Chains hard. Pause. Hit, hit, good, good pause. <laughs> hit, hit, as we wind this down, uh, what's next for Rob Markman? Um, <laughs> I got um, I got new music that I'm dropping. I'm, okay. I'm really... I, I'm just dro- into dropping singles now. I'm into doing single ideas. So, you know, we got Next Check out right now. Um, I just dropped a new one with my man Craig EF. And the record is called... Damn, why did I fuck that up? Why did I blank out? Oh, the record's called Hit My Line. Mm. There's a new record called Hit My Line featuring um, Craig EF. Um, I got another one coming out, Tables of Turn. I'm just going to be dropping records every two to three weeks. Um, You're working at Genius. You're a father. Oh, and I got... Go ahead. Yeah, you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I can't say what it is though. But stop. I'm, 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 I'm no, because I'm talking. It's not okay, cementing okay. it, but it's looking really good. But I might fulfill a whole other childhood dream. If you mm. follow me mm. on Twitter on social media, you know what my passions are. At Rob Markman. R O B M A R K M A N. Yeah. 
But I might on, conquer on Instagram too, right? Instagram. Everything is at Rob Markman. I'm looking to conquer. I'm in talks right now to to conquer some totally dream. different, some childhood really? fantasy shit, not related to music. Um, you know, everybody. I, I'll say this. Everybody know um, I'm on my superhero shit heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm very big into into comics and and sci-fi and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I might be just okay going into that world too. So we'll see. Right to dream. Um, so what I was saying before that was um, you work at Genius. Well, let me say you create at Genius. Yeah, right. you don't work. You create a Genius. You're an artist. You're a father. You're a husband. Is it overwhelming? Because you are doing a lot of things. And in that, and let's keep in mind, in all of that, you want to be better every day. Yeah. You want to be a better creator. You want to create better than you did the last time. You want to be a better husband. You want to be a better father. You want to be a better artist. Mm. Um, Nah, man. It all comes from a place of love, though. So it's cool. So, there's some days when I'll be like, yo, I got to slow the fuck down. And, and I got to stop because I'm not doing the best. And that's when you got to slow everything down and focus on the moment. Uh, the times when I slip is when I'm worried about everything that I got to do. Mm. Nah, just worry about right now I'm here with Premium Pete mm. and we're doing this podcast and nothing else matters in this moment. So during this, we're going to have the best conversation we have. I'm, I'm, you have my attention. True. You, Appreciate you it. You have my energy. When I'm at Genius doing what I got to do for Genius, I can't worry about the studio session that's coming later. True. I'll figure that out when I get there. We working on genius stuff now, so we got to do the, be the best genius we could be. And when I'm in the studio, you know, it's like just getting the best performance down, the best songwriting, like however many takes it takes, the best mix. So it's being in the moment. And, you know, when I'm at home and with my kids, it's being the best father. Sure. You know? Um, being the best husband. Sure. Um, so it's being in the moment. So the times when it gets overwhelming is when I lose sight of that, and I'm trying to do everything at once. You I can't do everything. I, I do a lot it. of shit, but you can't do everything sure, at I once. So when you're in the moment, be in that moment. You know, um, as an artist, um, and 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 speaking, you know, r- r- like into real life, you're, you you became an artist, or always been an artist, but you right. announced that you're an artist, obviously, over a year ago. Is this something that like is real? Like meaning like and what I mean by that is like are you planning on you know uh doing this 5 years from now? Is there a goal that you have in mind that you just want to capture? Like like is this something like in 5 years you're going to be like yeah, I, I put that all this shit to the side. Nah. What it is for me now is it's another outlet of expression. It's another way for me to express my love. I could say things in the music that I can't say in an interview. Mm. You know. Um so now nah, this is just who I am. Is is who I've I've always been. I'm just showing the world now. Like I have creative ideas sometimes that I can't get out. You know, and and you need an outlet because the shit eats you up. You know, like damn man, I I, I need it. I got this idea. You ever had an idea and it just sure. it's going crazy and, and you got to get it out. Um, you know, when I'm interviewing somebody, it's my job to help them tell their story, but it's not about me. It's about them, mm. you know, and, and I, I try to help people tell their stories and help the audience get a better understanding of the subject that I'm interviewing. Um, when I'm in the studio, it's about me mm. and it's about the stories that I want to tell. So there's no expiration date on this. This is who I am. Like, you know, there might be days when I don't have 
a song. You know, I might go months without putting some out. Who know? I can't tell you. I might go a year without putting some out. But this is who I am. So I, if I pop back up the next year and all of a sudden he has an album, it's not that I put it down. It's like this is a way that I'm expressing myself. This is a canvas that I'm using. Mm. So now nah, there's no expiration date on this. Like, you know, this is a long answer. But, you know, I say that to say, you know, when, when Diddy gets Revolt TV, he doesn't stop being the head of Bad Boy Entertainment. Sure. He doesn't stop doing Ciroc. You know, Jay-Z has Rock Nation. He doesn't stop being a... a, a a rapper he's still gonna drop 444 my shit is the same shit and I like that you were able to stay with what you you know writing and, and, and you speaking your life speaking the truth speaking your creativity because you're not out here trying to just make some trap music or you know or nah. just say skirt 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 you know uh, you doing what you do right, right, right. you yeah, know what yeah. I mean it's a reflect but you know like if I was so moved at one day and I walked in and they threw the beat on it. It was some trap shit. And I just felt so moved to do it. I'm going to do it because sure. music is free like that. But, you know, I, I think even more what you get getting at, I'm not trying to be somebody else. So I'm not sure, trying sure. to be it, it's specific shit that I, I got to get out. Like, you know, um, I'm just trying to be me. I'm just trying to tell my story. Um, and, and, and that's really what it is. It's like, you know, um, I was sitting with Black Thought today and, 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 he was like, yo, I hear everything that everybody is doing. I, I know what they're doing. I'm okay with being an elder statesman. I know who I am, and I'm just working on being the best me. Sure. And, you know, that, that sunk in with me, and I'm the like, God. yeah. Yeah, that, that's black thought, bro. Sure. Like, that's... That's lyricism. Um, that's super saying level. Like, that's another level of, you know, it's rappers, and then there's just fucking God MCs. Sure. And... Black Thought is in that category. I think Royce the Five Nine sure. is in that category. Like, it's a very few elite. You know, people are scared to rap with that guy. Um, so you know, if, if it worked for him, who am I? Sure. Why, why? You know, yeah, I ain't got to chase nothing. Let me tell you something. Your journey is uh, special, right? But thank it's you. really just your, beginning. Your journey is special too, bro. Oh man, thank you for like, that. Like you, you, you. Um, the way you document the culture, the way you, you bring people together, you know, the conversation is very pure and genuine. Sitting down with you, I never feel like you have an agenda. It's not about getting somebody a gotcha moment. Sure. Like You really get to the heart of the matter and who your subject is. You know, one of the things I'm very grateful for for you is um, the last time I was on your podcast, it was with... Um, a bunch of, of, of Casanova, um, Noah, who is now a Def Jam. Um, Rich Antonella Complex. Yeah. And no, not Rich Antonella. Yeah, what the fuck am I doing? Noah from Complex. Noah from Casanova, Complex. Casanova. You. And, and, and the late Prodigy. Yeah, late Prodigy, yeah. Um, and we just talked about being fathers and, and what it meant. And that was the last time that I saw Prodigy. I think that was the last time. Sure. You, passed you saw him away. He passed away, after. yeah, maybe less than a week. Um, I was always thankful because you brought us all together. It wasn't as art, you know, an artist or fame, or it was men who loved their children, and that was the common theme. And you put us all in the room, and we had a very real conversation. And that's always gonna be my last memory of P. Um, and it's a dope memory, and it's a loving memory. Um. You give people the flowers while they can still smell them. 
Mm. And, and and that's so very important. Like, so, you know, we all come and go in life and we all lose people. And, and you know, I always know where I stand with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, um, and I think all your guests, I can hear it in your other interviews, when, whenever you sit with, man, you, you, you treat people with such respect. I mean, you really give the flowers while they can still smell them. And it's rare because a lot of people do one thing to your face and behind your back is another. Um, so you're a fucking legend in this shit, man. And I know, you know, you know, coming from, you know, loudspeakers, obviously, that, you know, that's Reggie, that's Combat Jack. And you carrying on that man's legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you branching off from even starting with him and then developing your own thing. It's amazing to see, bro. And I know he's happy and I know he's proud, too. Yeah, man. You, uh, you're going to make me fucking, yo, you're going to make me fucking sad. But no, I really appreciate it. And let me tell you something. Um, as we, uh, end this episode, I just want to say, uh, your journey has really just begun. Um, you're well respected for a reason. I say this to you, you know, I say this to you uh, when we speak. Yeah. Um, I don't just say this on a podcast. Um, you're, you're, you're a great dude. I think you're somebody that Thank people you. could look up to. Um, a great father, great husband. Um, you know, just, and of course, when, nobody's perfect, but what I mean by that is you're just uh, a, a well-respected dude because you come from such a place of, um, you know, passion. And that shit is very rare. So that's why I'm going to say that. So listen, I wish you the best in everything you do. Thank you, bro. And internet, listen, check for Rob Markman, at Rob Markman on all social media. Check out his music. Check him out at Genius, yeah. putting out great content. Check him out. Uh, he'll be touring. I'm sure he's touring. I, I know you're going to do some stuff with him. Yeah. Um, I got the call from um, Royce the 5'9 and DJ Premier to join their um, Prime 2 tour which is amazing, but we, we unfortunately had to postpone oh, the tour. That's right, Premier, yeah. Preem's prayers dad up, prayers um, up. got sick. So prayers up for DJ Premier and his family. Nothing is more important than family. So when we got the call that Preem's dad was sick and we had to postpone, of course, then that's what we're doing. Mm. And we're sending all positive love and energy to DJ Premier because he's given us so much, um, and we're giving it right back to him, man. I'm sure you'll be on plenty stages to come. It's cool. Plenty it's, stages. It's cool, man. It, and, just, just the fact that I was thought of, just of the course. fact that I came up in a conversation of course. to possibly open for them is cool. So I'll get my shot and I'll get my day. But none of that is important unless the family is right. So we're going to get Preem's family right. We're going to send them all the love. Much love to DJ Premier. Prayers up. Dad, prayers up. And, um, you know, we'll take it from there. Uh, Internet, listen. Rob Martman. Yeah. The journey has just begun. <laughs> Continue to write to dream. And that's not right, R-I-G-H-T. That is right. Yeah. W-R-I-T-E. Write your own dream. Internet's Rob Markman. Cheer. Internet's, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com and let's get working, okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms and podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend and we'll see you next episode. Cheers.